welcome to episode 10 of Winging It, a Crystal Palace podcast. Why is it so difficult to get to Sellers Park? This is a question we will be answering later on in the pod, after once again the myth that Sellers Park is the most difficult stadium to get to has reared its ugly head again in the athletic especially considering Matt Woosnam had some say in that. Outrageous. But we'll get we'll get into that. Um, you've currently got three guys who are slowly recovering from the marathon march on the weekend in Sam Heskiff, who, welcome, sir. I I was impressed that you actually made it through. Yeah. Uh, and I've <laughs> completely unscathed. I'm absolutely mm. fine. I don't know how I've done it. I feel like something terrible is going to happen soon. Because <laughs> I woke up the next day and felt absolutely fine, and that doesn't feel right. Yeah. So um, it's a bit final destination. Wrap myself up in bubble wrap and lock myself in the room and hope for the best. Mm. It's a bit like you never get in hangovers, you bastard. Which talking of, I have a cracking hangover, having gone see idols last night. And Albert, you went to see the streets last night. I did go and see the streets last night. Just. Circling back to Heskip, have you managed to get out of those compression tights yet? <laughs> yeah, I need to call the fire brigade to do it, but I got out in the end. You were very compressed in the leg department, weren't you? They were comfortable, man. To be fair, I saw a picture of me the next day and I didn't realise how closely resembling twiglets my legs are. Didn't leave much to the imagination. Hey, yeah. listen, it's, it helps everyone else get round. I'm here to, I'm here to help. You definitely I, skipped leg day. I assume yeah, that was for, a, for, for asthma, about thirty-five years. I assume uh, that was an asthma inhaler. I could see in like the front, I don't know. Was there a front pocket sort of towards the inner thigh? Was there a little asthma inhaler in there or something? No comment. <laughs> How dare you? I don't know what the the the, the wheezing well, it took my breath away. It was then. Hey. <laughs> mm. Indeed. Well, to get over my hangover, I'm drinking Electric Boogaloo by Tiny Rebel. Mate, do you think you could have mustered up an electric boogaloo on Sunday after the marathon march? I was too stiff for electric boogaloo. Oh, yeah. No, because they were in the fridge and I didn't drink them and they were there to be drunk. So, no, I was very, had a weird, a wiggy kind of couple of days after the march. I was just really tired from sort of lunchtime onwards for the following two days. So, Yes. That but enjoy- a very enjoyable day, though. It was very enjoyable. And, yeah, it was great, wasn't it? Perfect weather. Um, lots of nice people to talk to. Heskiff was there as well, which was nice. Um, <laughs> and loads of money raised. Thank you to everybody that donated. Yeah, as of time of recording, we're at night, not us. The, the, the Marathon <laughs> March as a whole is at £99,447 raised. Of you know, target was a hundred grand, so it's gonna it's gonna get there. And we're pretty sure we won it. Well, we think we won it, didn't we? we yeah. 100%. Won what? The marathon march. Well, I don't think we did win the marathon march. I didn't uh, see many people in front. When when I got there, the ribbon was still up across the fence. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah, no, I don't think we were an hour behind the people who came in first. So I don't uh, think we did that well, bad, considering we did, you know, easy stroll around. Maybe yeah, it was no. two hours. Who knows? <laughs> no, it was an hour. 
Mm. You, somehow, a, you somehow was, convinced us we had like three and a half miles left when we only had a mile left. It was it was an hour after the social media posts about the people who arrived first. Yeah. <laughs> but it was it's not a race. Um it is a fantastic day out. Obviously, Albert, you've done it before, but not the sort of loop back to end up at Sellhurst and no. ha- have the you know, the lap around the pitch at, at the end is a nice little touch, I'd imagine, versus what you did last time. Yeah, the lap around the pitch was nice, although you did sort of look down the touch line and see the entrance back into the stand and think, I could just go down there and not do more walking. But <laughs> it's not often you get to do a lap of honour of the seller's pitch so took full advantage of it well me me and you albert as well completely forgot to go into the changing rooms and get a picture i didn't know that was a thing you could have gone and showered in there if you wanted to well what and they take a picture (laughs) (laughs) i'll tell you what if i'd have done that we'd have been we'd have hit that hundred grand already none of this nine nine four four seven nonsense yeah it would have been who's longest in the shower on the marathon march I tell you what, if, uh, if, if people if it doesn't get if it doesn't get to hundred grand by this time tomorrow, I will post a picture of me in the shower. There's a good incentive to to get it up to hundred grand. <laughs> Nobody wants to see that. Mm, nobody, indeed. But it was, I yeah, let's say I had a lovely day walking around. We we spoke to so many people about come and come and talk to us about the podcast and so on, and you know, just hearing nice palace stories. You know, Albert waffled on about Tom Cruise for about an hour <laughs> there was there, there was one point during the day where i got a, a worried text from vanessa who was also doing the march who'd sort of split off with you and your sister i think terry uh saying is everything okay where are you and i it was just because i was stuck with albert <laughs> she was absolutely yeah. fine she thought i was like seven miles back yeah but we no, were just taking was... it leisurely weren't we albert we were just enjoying the day Mm. yeah i got papped from a work colleague as well went into work uh, went into the office on tuesday and yeah there she was waiting for me with a video of us walking past her window yeah Um, mm. past her house past her house yeah she lives in south london wowzers wowzers um what was funny was the Croydon mayor coming in last place. He definitely didn't win. He should have won the election, but you know, that's why he should have come in last place. But I mean, to me, that's never not going to be funny. <laughs> no wonder I couldn't find him to like accidentally clip his ankles when he was walking in front of me. He's just so far fucking back. <laughs> Something tells me half of it might have been tactical. Like, yeah. Okay. I better drop back. I'm only, I'm only going to get grief the more people that I speak to. <laughs> mm, yeah, and it was. It also amused me. Mark Bright and Andy Johnson wearing name tags, <laughs> like like people were going to struggle to know who they were. <laughs> uh, but it was nice to see. Particularly, I didn't see Mark Bright at the end, but I saw AJ at the end, and he was hobbling around. And he's still an athlete. He's still in very very good shape where the rest of us was all walking around like we're trodden on a piece of Lego. <laughs> Which brings me to... <laughs> That's a Darren great segue. 
<laughs> Darren Ambrose and his family have set up a YouTube channel about building Lego. <laughs> Oh, but so Darren, look, we know you listen. We love you. We love you really, Darren. But it wasn't on my top 10 things that I was expecting to come out of the Crystal Palace season this year. Have you watched it? Any of it? I haven't watched any of it. It's yet. just one, it's just an intro video at the moment, which is him and his family and kids just talking about why they're doing it. Nice. They just love a bit of Lego. Who doesn't? Me. Clearly, he's the other person who does. Yeah, I mean, I have a hate relationship with it because it's all over my king house because of my kids, mm-hmm. and I I do enjoy Lego. The kids really enjoy it, which means if they're quiet, that's a good thing. But yeah, it literally is all over my house. Can't can't not step on Lego in my house. Hmm. I mean, I'm still trying to piece it all together, to be honest. Boom. <laughs> Yeah, so I think it was called the Lego Family 7 or something, if you're interested in going to look for Darren wow. Ambrose's channel about building Lego. I mean, he should be starting off with, at the very least, the Lego replica of Sellers Park. I was just thinking that. And I suppose... Does it build your own rather than spending well. 45 quid or how much it costs in the in the club shop? Well, the club shop should be jumping all over this to ship them because <laughs> they're always in there. They can't get rid of them. The sale price just <laughs> yeah. keeps going down and down. So. Can I just say, that's actually not Lego though, is it? What is it? It's, some, it's just some knockoff <coughs> oh. products that's protected. All right, Le- Le- Lego Ultra's raising their <laughs> head here. Yeah, absolutely. I wonder if it's specifically Lego that Darren Ambrose and his family build. Well, it fucking best be. Let's just because Albert's, Albert's just down voting it. That's Duplo. You fraud. Thumbs down. <laughs> mm. Well, but there you go. Which um, which Palace player do you think you could best represent with the Lego hair? You know, Lego Lego hair is a very distinct, fixed, straight sort of fringe. Who do you think? Jairo Redevald. <laughs> Oh, you! Oh, you mean not the most difficult one to represent? No, no. no. What, who who would be who would be the best represented? Well, it's like a, it's 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 like a floppy parting, right? Yeah, there is only one no, answer. Who's got, got a floppy parting? Current current squad? No, ever. Oh, Darren Pitcher. Darren Pitcher is pretty good. I was gonna say I was gonna say Matt Lawrence. He had quite. Yeah. A, oh yeah, that's good. Quite a good Lego head. That's yeah. quite good. They didn't never had a Sean Derry mullet in Lego, did they? Hopefully not. <laughs> Maybe in the knockoff stuff that's in the club shop. Maybe. Mm. I mean, to be fair, my hair isn't far off a Lego Lego man's haircut. Well, you got a hat on at the moment, so <laughs> can't tell. <laughs> Neither can the listeners. Hang on. How remove, you got to describe? I, you got to describe. I'm removing my hat. Right, you can't hear. Say, oh, never mind. He can hear us again. Okay, new topic. Which back? Uh, which which <laughs> presenter? Of... Hey, <laughs> uh... which presenter of winging it is best suited to the to the Lego hairstyle? It's taken ten episodes, and it's the first slip. 
And he's even know. got he's even got the you know, you know know on, he's even got the name of it on the hat he's wearing. I don't know what you're about. <laughs> this is what happens when I don't have a beer. Yeah. Mm. Good stuff. Also, before we fully move off the marathon march, uh, nice to see that the Remp charity donated eight thousand to the Palace for Life Foundation this week. Uh, sort of separate from the marathon march aside, but really, really nice. That that's happened, and um, shout out to Ben Long, who I believe had a big role to play in sorting out that donation. So, fair play to the Remph, which is obviously winding up as a charity anyway now. So, I'm assuming they're just distributing funds they have left. But yeah, really nice to see. Still hope that they lose every game in Europe and all of that jazz. <laughs> but there you go. <clears throat> Talking of playing away, international duty has happened and the Chris Richards versus Jordan Ayew epic battle happened, but more turned out to be a bit of a whimper, Heskiff, with yeah, smashing Garner into smithereens within about half an hour. Yeah, poor old Jordan. I don't think he can take any of the blame, can he? It's, it's Jordan Ayew's holding the rest of, of that team up on his shoulders. Um, <laughs> I did see there was... I think Richards got subbed and sort of walked past Ayu during the game and they had a little high-five hug thing. So that was pretty good. Mm. Hopefully neither of them got injured doing the high-five so that they're both in contention <laughs> for Saturday. But I wouldn't put it past them. <laughs> yeah, hopefully um, we'll get some nice training ground content where Richards has given him a bit of stick throughout the week because he absolutely should be. Lesser spotted... Um, Indirect free kick inside the penalty area scored by USA in that game. Oh, really? Yeah, look it up. Yeah. The fourth, the fourth goal is a you know little roll of the ball inside the sort of within the penalty spot. Really, I think pretty close to goal. Do they call it indirect free kick in America? Um, they must have a better name for it in America. <laughs> where's that USA soccer guy when you need him to exactly. make the translation for us you were up late watching ice hockey last night Heskiff you you must have heard something <clears throat> uh, there's something in ice hockey called top cheese top ched if they roofed it you can you can call it top ched he did roof Listen, it yeah, pretty much. I was I was watching ice hockey until 3 o'clock in the morning I can't remember what was being said at that point to be honest with you <laughs> And shout out Minnesota Wild, who won 5 2. So at least you're happy. I was just, just going to say that. Yeah. <laughs> um, up, and the wild, up the Wilds. Up the Wild. Wild ones. They, they, do you know what? They're, they're a bit palacy because they're like all right, but never do anything. And so they're nicknamed by the other teams as the Minnesota Mild. Mm, and that's quite, but, that's, that's, quite, that's quite 12th in the league, sort of thing, isn't it? Aren't they. Isn't Minnesota notoriously cold and quite icy though? State of hockey, mate. So they should they should be better, <laughs> but they but they are not. They're all right. They're all right. Okay, uh, this is winging it a Minnesota Wild podcast. Thanks for listening. Uh, <laughs> right into the second period. What do they, they don't have quarters. They have thirds in ice hockey, don't they? Yeah, they do. Periods. <laughs> like, Periods. Well, shout out to Sam Johnson as well. Another clean sheet playing for England against Australia. I think he's got 
four in his last five games now. Um, along with Anderson being the top scoring defender in fantasy football, Johnson's the top joint top scoring goalkeeper as well. Nice. Get into some more stats about our stingy defence later when we talk about Newcastle. Uh, did we see, speaking of internationals, did we see that Joe and his Danish mates almost came unstuck against San Marino? I think, yeah, San Marino scored for the first time in several years, didn't they? Yeah, there's like some Twitter account. I think it's just some some guy who tweets as a San Marino fan. And it was just him, you know, like just smashing his keyboard up, basically. And I think <laughs> I don't think Denmark then went to one up like two minutes later. Yeah. Yeah, you saw quite a few of the Denmark players were embar- embarrassed. You could see straight away as it went in, they were just like, oh, God, San Marino scored past us. It wasn't Yoa's fault. No. He wasn't the near post, but he was on a different man. And I think uh, the striker flicked it on for them to score. So You'd say that. If he if he took it down on his chest and <laughs> levered it into his own goal, you'd, you'd stick up for him. Well, I mean, he's he's clocked up a few Palace OGs. To be fair to him already, has he got? Th- mm. Has he got three now? I think he's got three. But yeah, doesn't. Not his fault, though. No. Doesn't alter any of the love I have for him. No, that's good. Even before we set off on the marathon march, the picture taken of me and my sister is in front of Yoa's face on the, down the side of the main stand. Beautifully captured by our love is real. <laughs> indeed um, right you would have seen in your emails socials whatever that the fan advisory board shortlist has been drawn up oh, so and I sound bitter yeah. yes my I'm not moonlighting as Terry Berry <laughs> on there Terry the Berry <laughs> whose name alone might just win him the seat on the board um, yes, my my application was unsuccessful. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I think I think it is fine. I just think my I was unwise, probably, if I wanted it to put a whole paragraph about how I'd want the fan advisory board to have a say in sponsorships we take on to make sure they reflect how the club would want to be viewed. I think when you started off by saying, actually, there isn't only so much you can do with stripes that you were automatically <laughs> scratched out. Just just don't worry about how what you can do with stripes. Just have stripes. Just do stripes, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I think it's, it's an incredible... They said they had loads and loads of um, people apply and all of the blurbs basically say effectively the same thing based on what I've seen. And it makes it a really difficult vote. Like you've read a few of them, haven't you, Al? But it's just, you know, how, how can I get any flavor for this person based on one paragraph that is, you know, stripped out of several paragraphs they would have written across the whole application. It's, it's really, really difficult, which is just going to end up with me. I, I know two names on the list, but they're both in the same category. So I'm assuming I can only vote for one of them. Uh, one of one of them being um, fan of the pod and the highest raising individual for the marathon march in in Mark. So get I mean, behind Mark, he's the top I, lad. <laughs> I didn't realise it was in sections. You know, it's like X Factor. Mm. 
over 25s, under 25s, <laughs> international members. Um, yeah. You know, no disrespect to the international members, but, you know, how, how available are they going to be to the fan yeah. advisory board? Well, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I like the idea of having an, a national member on the grounds that we just have to accept that we're global now. We're fucking massive. We're, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but we are, you know, we have fans spread out across the board and we have a decent presence in the States now. So we probably, it's nice to think about how those are reflected. Um, so I'm not, I'm not against that per se. And maybe again on my side, maybe I'm just more heavily involved in thinking about it from a match day fans experience as, you know, the three of us have, spent our whole lives going to Palace matches live and we just see it from that way but of course the bigger we become as a club worldwide the more fans are spread out I'm surprised there isn't an armchair fan section how do you enjoy supporting your club from totally legal streams (laughs) I mean talking of which they've just announced that the next TV deal is now taking up to two thirds of all Premier League games will be live broadcast which means more 3 p.m. kickoffs, Saturday 3 p.m.s are disappearing. Great. Uh, hmm. Am I right in saying they want to do like proper Sunday night games now? Yeah, I mean, there's already been a couple of those, hasn't there? Like the late, later Sunday night, which is fine if you're doing it in a oh, London derby or yeah. you know <clears throat> Midlands derby, whatever. Teams that you know, it's not. You're asking me to fucking get back from Burnley at 8 p.m. on a Sunday night. Yeah, it's not like Newcastle away. Which it will be though, like it obviously yeah. will oh, be. Yeah. They they will have no because London derbies and whatever usually on the TV anyway already. So the the fixtures they're going to be having to fill these spots with are going to be fixtures that you know Palace Bournemouth, yeah, Palace yeah. Luton. No one cares. No one wants to watch it unless you're a Luton or a Palace fan. But you know, well, I guess Luton's not too far, so it's not too terrible. But it's good yeah, for me. so. Palace Burnley, no one's going to want to watch it. Not so good for me. Mm. I don't know. Well, good luck to all those who've put themselves forward. Um, Yeah, good luck to everyone. I mean, it's going to be a completely thankless task, I think. Um, What did we say before? Milk monitors? I mean, it's... I didn't say that. It does feel a bit, it, no, but we've, it's right. It's no, I'm not going to hide behind it. it. It does feel like a box ticking exercise. Like it's something the club has to do and they probably don't want to do. Says but that now after his application was. Yeah, but that's what I, 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 from my standpoint, I would have been keen to do it to make sure it's not just a box ticking exercise. Or, or a, or a box ticking exercise. <laughs> a box ticking exercise. That's the last, that's the last thing we need. <laughs> but no, I would have like, I wish your electric yeah. Cooper loop. <laughs> Cooper loop. Yeah. Electric Boogaloo is lovely. I mean, it's classic. You can get it everywhere now. Sainsbury's sell it, you know, it was on tap at Brentford away a couple of years ago as well. It's a lovely, it's a lovely beer. Nice, nice bit of passion fruit flavour, and only four point five percent. So <laughs> we can talk about electric boogaloo all night if you want. It's lovely; it really is. It looks like uh, you were um, almost holding it like a brandy glass and <laughs> swirling it around. Well, it's, I've got one in of front those of your tiny, open open fire. It's a tiny Rebel two thirds 
um, pint type glass. Oh, I've got one of those. Very nice. You've got several of those. <laughs> we won't talk about that. Um, I was out with um, one of the guys who come to the Idols gig with me last night. It was um, what you? What it was my round? What do you want from the bar? A hipster beer, please. So I took oh, him God. back a. But he wanted a hipster lager, specifically lager. So I took him back a peach infused lager, and he was upset. I mean, it's nothing well, to I mean, do with me, and I'm upset. <laughs> I mean, I did taste it, and it tasted more like a cider than it did a lager, but... Uh, you weren't to know. Jubel? J-U-B-E-L. Vanessa Vanessa loves them. Vanessa absolutely loves them. They do a grapefruit one as well, she likes. Mm. Big fan of grapefruit-infused beers, yeah. to be honest. Mm. Yeah, she's a big fan. <laughs> Albert, I'm not bigging it up. I'm just talking about my experience as... Wanky beer adjacent. Like, All right. him cry, he, crying his Carlsberg tears Wank, over there. Wanky beer adjacent. Terrence is like, oh, what percentage is that? <laughs> <laughs> I, I had that one. Uh, is that Idaho 7 hops? <laughs> is, that, is that a single wanky or a triple wanky? <laughs> oh, I'm 41 now. There's no triple wanky. <laughs> oh, not, after, not after 26 Marvel. <laughs> Where'd that Vaseline go again? <laughs> oh, dear. All right. Com- composure. What are we talking about next? Right. There's been an article in The Athletic, which, to be fair, they said, we've ranked the 20 football stadiums in the Premier League so you can shower us. Is quite a funny headline <laughs> because it's exactly what people have ended up doing. But again, this... Incredible myth that Sellers Park is the most difficult ground to get to in the whole world, apparently. We're going to discuss it. Is it the most difficult ground to get into? To get to? No. Albert, you <laughs> you are probably going to fall on the side of, yes, it's fucking difficult to get to, given on the, you know, the grounds that you live in Watford. It's not difficult to get to on a Saturday when there's no match and you have to be at the stadium for 7am to do the walk. That was <laughs> flu there, not literally. Um, it is a pain in the ass to get to. Like, it's All right, I live in Watford. It's far away. It's not so far away that it should take me two hours to, but to get to. I would say, though, a lot of the match-going public, away fans anyway, because I'm assuming this is not that you're an away fan, although oh, maybe yeah. not. Ostracised. Like, you're going to get a train to London, and then there's trains from London Bridge and Victoria to, to three different stations, which are like a 10-minute walk from the ground. That's fine. Well, if you, if fine. it's like most most Northerners are coming into Euston or King's yeah. Cross, which is it then is. the Thames link to Nor Junction. Yeah. It's like right there. You've got everyone coming up from the south – Again, you're into East Croydon and you're basically there. Don't get it. There's yeah, three fucking train stations within 10 minutes. Spurs was ranked as only number 11. They've got seven sisters, which is about 42 mile walk from the stadium. And then you have to then you have to wait the length of a football match to get in the fucking tube station. Before the game, you can go to White Hart Lane Station, which they don't open after. But, you know... It's not too long, I reckon, before 
that platform collapses into the train track or people end up falling off the end like lemmings or something because it's so overcrowded. I just don't don't get it. And while we're on it, I don't know why they said that the Spurs Stadium was nicer than Sellers Park. Outrageous. Outrageous. What are they talking about? <clears throat> to be fair, they did rank us third in atmosphere. Or technically second because the the two teams above us had the same score. Wow. Which I know it's hard because I've been to both of those stadiums several times and I've experienced them be I've experienced one of them be really good. Yeah. The other one not so much, but it's Liverpool and Everton are the only two that ranked above us. And <clears throat> I haven't been to Liverpool, I haven't been to Anfield on a European night. I haven't been to Anfield well, against Man City, do you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. The, on the TV at times, the atmosphere does sound amazing there. But every time I've gone there with Crystal Palace, it's been a library. And I yeah. get that, you know, they're expecting a, you know, a simple 2-0 win and go home and get on with their lives. <laughs> and it's not, you know, not one to get the hackles at, at like, you know. But it's been shit every time I've been there. That's for sure. Same. Even Same. when we ruined Gerard's leaving party. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I, that one, <laughs> yeah. I I was there in that League Cup game when they pumped us five nil, and I guess you'd say, well, the game was over pretty quickly anyway. Even then, it's just like you get the you never walk alone. Everyone's, I mean, everyone knows you. That's quite loud at the beginning, and then that's it. Mm. Um, and yeah, look, we're all biased because we're Palace fans, but I've been, we've all been to probably, I would say, all the grounds in the Premier League. And it's just like the atmosphere is a bit toss everywhere, really. Yeah. But like when I saw that article, <clears throat> I it, they they went bottom up, so they started at number twenty, and you worked your way down. And I was like, I'm gonna read until it gets to Palace, and then I'm gonna stop. And we were 18th overall, and that was it. <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm out. I don't care. Yeah. Um, Albert, you've probably you're working too hard to have read this article. Yeah. I don't can know you can you either. can you guess the two teams? Stadiums that were below Sellers Park. Oh, so we weren't bottom. We were 18th, so in the relegation zone, but not bottom. Okay. Brighton? No, come on. Come Media on. Darlings, Brighton yeah. are going to be way up there. Again, one of the most ridiculously hard stadiums to get to in the whole country. Yeah. Exactly. And kind of stadium you have to queue for an hour to get out of. You can't when drive you get- out of it because you can park there, which you can't really do at Sellers, but. Good luck getting out of that car park. Yeah, like I, I got the bus from Brighton there once. It was absolutely, it was like absolutely pointless. Like we ended up getting out walking because it was quicker. The only good thing they do at Brighton is leave the bars open after the game so you can continue to buy beers and let it die down. So that is, yeah, you know, but that's them having to do that because they know how much of a shit show it is. Okay, so Brighton wasn't one of them. No. <laughs> Uh, well, I don't know then, to be honest. Well, just um, think of uh, your clues at their small stadiums. Bournemouth. There you go. That's number 20. And Luton. Yeah. And that was 19th. Yeah. How the fuck is Turf Moor ahead of Palace, by the way? I, I quite like Turf Moor as well because it's old and shit, but come on. Yeah. Yeah, I don't... 
it's not difficult to get to at all. Like it's but not. Most of, these, most of these places aren't when you get up to the north because it's like that's it. That, it's like the that, town. Yeah, exactly. What's in What's in Burnley? A grim looking car park, a big Tesco in the football ground, and that's it. And, and a cricket, cricket and, and a cricket, cricket ground at the back. Yeah, that's it. Anyway, and... I'm not bitter at some list. <laughs> that's some why website. I don't subscribe to the Athletic. <laughs> I mean, I I would I think that's unfair. I, I like the athletic, and I do subscribe, and it's a quid a month. Like you never need to be paying more than a quid a month for it. Like there's always offers on. Yeah. So. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> Take it back. So, no, no. It's a, each each their own. Obviously, I mean, it's, I'm not I'm not a big fan of paywalls for sure, but. At least they had a bit of fun with the article and knew that they were. They were obviously trying to be con- controversial, not trying to be controversial. They were just. It's a few people offering their opinions on something. We've given them what they wanted. <clears throat> Can't believe it. But, but yeah, Tottenham finished number one overall, um, with Newcastle being second, which Newcastle was ranked one for the easiest one to get to. No mention of the stairs. I was going to say, which should be immediately like ten place penalty for those stairs to get up to the away end. Yeah, but that's once you're there, it's hardest to get to. If you're on the stairs, then you've got there, haven't you? Really? No, you haven't. (laughs) (laughs) You've you've come from London, but you've still got a quarter of your journey to go. (laughs) Yeah, you've got the marathon. You've got the marathon march to the away bit. Before you can yeah, see it again. Do you know the marathon march was easier than getting yeah. up to oh, the away yeah. end at Newcastle? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wonder how that. Um, I mean, Heskiff was a bit behind me and Albert. We finished a little bit before him, and mm. Chris Grierson pulled us in for a little interview. I wonder how much that's going to get aired. Consider we opened it, <laughs> opened the interview with, well, yeah, that was much easier than we were expecting. <laughs> Like I say, I'm pretty sure we, at that point I thought we'd won it. <laughs> mm, yeah, definitely. <clears throat> but no, and also, uh, what, I, I a lot of it's a lot of this slagging off the stadium basically seems to be about the Arthur weight, effectively. Like yeah, weight, you know, it is a shoddy view from the Arthur weight, the backstage area. I mean there's no way that stands ever going anywhere on the, on the way out from the marathon March, we were speaking to one of the security guys about it. And, um, he was saying that Arthur Waite is listed. It's a listed building. What? Really? <laughs> yeah, apparently is, so. Great. And, and grade one of the, one of the architects building. from who built the Arthur Waite, one of the architects who was in the design actually walked the marathon March that day. Sorry, the person who designed and I was just I was the there. Like, stand no, was he, he, well, was one of the people, right? Um, I, I was there thinking like it's it's just about plausible because if I'm not wrong, it was built in sixty nine. He wasn't the one who sicked up in the lobby, was he? <laughs> no, that was you, Albert. No, you went out to you went out to the lobby, disappeared, and then all of a sudden there was vomit on the lobby floor. No, 
Someone else. And, and, someone and he came in shouting, someone's been sick, someone's been sick, and he was wiping his mouth as he said it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Two marathon marches in a row. Guys, guys, someone's been sick. Someone's <laughs> <laughs> been sick. Um, <clears throat> no, someone else took that mantle this year. I was so happy. Sorry, to yeah. the per- if the person who was sick is listening, thank you. But I'm sorry that we're making light of your woes, but I was yeah. so nervous that that was going to be me again. See, it I- wasn't. Doing the maths, though, if the halfway was built in 69, it opened in 69, it can't be, surely. like So if someone was, tw- even if they were 20 years old and they were involved in that, it would have had to have started working like 66, 67. So they were born in 1946, 1947, and they were doing the marathon march. So they'd have been done, what, 50, 50, 50, in the late 70s, yeah. 77, 78, surely. It was Roy no. Hodgson. Oh, God, that's that's who it was. What? Who was sick on the floor? <laughs> <laughs> Let's not take a piss here. No, all the vomit. <laughs> no, but obviously we know that Roy Hodgson didn't do the walk because he was doing the DJ set. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Might have been my favourite bit of the night. That guy that needs to go on one of those celebrity lookalike websites where you can book like a bad yeah. David Beckham. Tonight, or, Matthew, I'm going Roy, to be Roy Hodgson on the wheels of steel. Like so, for for the people who weren't there and saw him, we walked in. It was in the Bright and Bright Bar, I think it's called. No, right? Malcolm Allison. Malcolm Allison. Malcolm, Malcolm Allison. There you go. So we walked in, and as we're walking in, Terence goes, "Fucking hell, Roy Hodgson's DJing." <laughs> I looked over, thinking it, it it's just going to be some old fella. Looked over, and the DJ looked directly at me when I looked over, and he was the spit of Roy Hodgson, and I just pissed myself laughing, and I felt awful. Because I was like, he just looked at me, and as soon as I've caught his eye, I've just laughed at him. But then I I told a couple of people a little bit later, like, go and have a look at the DJ, who is, and they did exactly the same, and he looked at them. So now he's just got a massive complex that, you know, he's got something wrong with him. Hodgson the decks. Hodgson the decks. There you go. Bang. He looked just like him. <laughs> really like him. Yeah. What would Roy was... play, do you think, if you did get Roy for a for a DJ, which do you think he'd spin? My uh, boy, Lollipop. Oh, my God. Probably my boy, fucking sleep. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's it. Oh, my God. We've got to write a song for that. My boy, Jeffrey Schlapp. Do, 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 do. Uh... You make my heart go, oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> he often <laughs> gives the ball up. <laughs> you can't pass for toffee. Moving on, schlup, by the end people. Yeah, wonderful. <laughs> if only. <laughs> we need I'm to sorry. find out if he, we need to find out if, if this guy is bit bookable. <laughs> Is this should the all Roy Hodgson set? We could probably do this. Yeah. <laughs> a one hour long set of just yeah. songs dedicated to Jeffrey Schlapp. Yeah. <laughs> oh, brilliant. <laughs> I, 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 you just, my boy Jeffrey Schlapp has just finished me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> right. 
we're, we're playing Newcastle this weekend. Oh no! Oh yeah, the, the number the number one stadium, easy to get to, so easy that Hesse of a couple of weeks ago was going around cap in hand begging for a lift. Newcastle. Hey, I wanted to go to Burnley, not fucking uh, Newcastle. And if anyone's listening, t- get them compression tights on, boy. Get get marching up. If anyone's listening and has a spare place in the car for Burnley away, holler at your boy. I can wear the tights if you want me to. I've got no shame. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> They're black and white, though, so you don't wear them to Newcastle. No, no, no. I, my record, I'm sure Adidas, I've said this before. Adidas my record in Newcastle. Don't ask where I got them. <laughs> Listen, they did me well, all right? They, but they bumped up those donations, I'll tell you. <laughs> 40, 40% off. Ball, well, hang on, <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> it's Newcastle away. Uh, some incredible stats in and around Newcastle here. Three nil nil is on the bounce in all competitions, and weirdly, in the penalty shootout, finished eleven ten or something in the League Cup game that we that we lost. Um, we haven't scored in the last four games against them. The last game we scored that scored against them in was the infamous Darren England. How much are they paying you? after the Geordies had just been overtaken by the Saudis. Uh, so four, four blanks since then. <laughs> um, only been two more than two goals in a game between us once in the last 14 meetings. Been only more than two was that, goals? Was that the five one? No. So five one was 15 meetings ago. It seemed like okay, we used okay. up the, the whole goal allocation in that game. Yeah. And since then, there's been we won two one in COVID up there. Oh and yeah, G- Gyro and Cage. Gyro, that yeah, and uh, that. Darren England also ref that game as well. Which <laughs> I was looking it up, so it's not all all doom and gloom of England. But yeah, so but in the other thirteen games since the five one, there's never been more than two goals. There's been six one nils and four nil nils. <laughs> And then when you couple that with the <clears throat> stats that uh, was shared today, we between the lines on Twitter shared with us that since Roy's return, we've conceded only 18 goals in the Premier League. And only Man City have conceded fewer than that in that time. And we've, only, and we've only conceded 64 shots on target. We've only Arsenal on 63 and Man City on 50 fewer than us in that time Jesus so well, we are we are the third hardest ground to get to so it swings <laughs> around a bit <laughs> but given all of that and all the news around Sandro Tonali at the moment it's got Tonali 1-0 written all over it <laughs> <laughs> he hopes so anyway <laughs> he's got a lot riding on it yeah yeah yeah, I mean, Newcastle must be fuming about that. Brings a whole new level to the term. He's backing himself. Mm. Yeah, well, it's, it's, it's funny because the, of the three, I think there's three of them in, who have been, you know, pegged for it. He's the one who's going to end up with the biggest ban because he was vote, uh, betting on games that involved AC Milan. But Fuck games yeah. he wasn't eligible for, though. So he'd, he only actually betted on them when he wasn't, when he was either injured or suspended. Yeah. 
Oh, it's all right then. So sort of like justifying it in his mind, I guess. Yeah. But um, there's already a lot of conspiracy theories that because he's a boyhood Milan fan, that he knew it was coming. So that's why he forced the move out of Milan. <laughs> yeah, it'd be interesting if Milan knew it was coming and that's why they sold him with such ease to Newcastle yeah. without putting up any sort of fight. But, Did he bet uh, on himself leaving Milan? <laughs> almost definitely. Yeah. Yeah. It was a weird, weird uh, series of bets. It would be a bit like when there was loads of bets in Bournemouth on Pulis leaving Palace. Mm, yeah, in, in, this area, in this area of Milan, where Tonali's from, there were loads of bets on him to join Newcastle <laughs> at like 200 to 1. Was he suspended so, or anything? <laughs> uh, not yet, no. So judgment still needs to be gained, but it could, it, could, it could be as much it could be as much as three years. Wow. It's, that's the that's the big the biggest punishment they could hand out. The fact that he was injured or suspended in the games he bet on might save him. And he's obviously pleading the I have a gambling addiction, I need help. I bet you don't. Mm, um, so. <laughs> but at the moment the sort of thing at the moment is like anywhere between five months and a year and a half is huh. what is believed is going to be handed out so yeah you're definitely right His, he'll sign off with a goal, <laughs> exactly. the winner against Palace <laughs> yeah. and, a, and, a, and a 88th minute yellow card <laughs> <laughs> oh well is it, but in the 86th minute he's had a massive Barney with Eddie Howe on the sideline because he's trying to substitute him he's like not yet not yet, not yet. Yeah, yeah. wait <laughs> oh dear but um so do you do you guys think but betting aside or if you had to put a bet on what do you reckon the Palace starting 11 will be because I guess we we as always we're doing this before Roy's press conference so we don't know which of the injuries have cleared up or not or mm. more more likely if we've got any more mm. um but there was some talk about Franca being a lot closer to action than he obviously has been too yeah. early for him yet I wouldn't be surprised if he was on the bench He's obviously not going to start, but there's a chance he's going to make the bench this weekend for sure. I would say the normal back five. Um, I don't think Ward's injury was that bad. I think it was just a slight thing. An international yeah. break should have cleared that up. Mm-hmm. De wasn't a million miles off of making the Forest game, so didn't go international duty. So I can't imagine that he'll be out. He'll be back. Um, Lerma was cheering us on with one mile to go on the <laughs> marathon march. So I tell you what, right. that that felt like a lot more than a mile when I got there. Mm. So Jefferson, if that was really you, you're lying. <laughs> and, if, you're and, lying. If, and if the real Jefferson Lerma is still injured, can we just use that cardboard cutout and start him anyway in place of? Was because yes. he had it. He had it. <clears throat> the Jefferson Lerma we saw had a zip tie around his neck on the lamppost. So I hope that's yeah. not him. Yeah, for context, listeners, various milestones around the Marathon March, there were cardboard cutouts of Palace players. So if we remember rightly, it was five miles was Elise yep. with, a, with a bit of a shush celebration yeah. type thing. Mm-hmm. I took that uh, personally. Five, five miles I in, the, you, tank, I you in the tank, it said. Uh, but yeah. we, we, we discussed the semantics of that. Yeah, five miles in the tank. No, 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 no. Five, yeah, five miles 
off of my yeah. <laughs> legs. I'm, I'm, I'm five miles yeah, yeah. <laughs> down. Yeah, there it is. Look, yeah. five miles in the tank. Then it was ten miles was Eberetche Eze. Yeah, yeah. Then, under your ten miles under your belt. See, that makes more sense. Yeah. Then we, I think we get the beauty, which was at the food stop. Who was yeah. at the food stop? Joel, Joel, Joel Ward outside the church where the food stop was. Yeah. I feel that was like nicely strategically placed. Yeah. And then we had Franza, six miles to go. Six miles to the finish line. Which was, I think, we were debating whether he'd play six games this season. <laughs> And then finally, with a mile to go, was Jefferson Lerma. Apparently, um, that um, six miles to the finish line has been put halfway up the stairs at St. James's Park for this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, it might as well be. That's what it feels like in the legs. Yeah. 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 And then it was Lerma at the end, wasn't it? That's good. That's what and it was. Roy, Roy and then um, it was Roy and Ray cutouts. But also, the, Roy, the Roy, Roy was been missing knee- from the. He'd yeah, been kneecapped. The, from the shins there yeah, from the knees down shins down there was no feet on Hodgson's but it was lovely to see Ray Will- Ray Lewins was in shorts lovely wow. yeah quality yeah and then we we had a shot at being Roy and Ray in the dugout I think we shared a picture of that maybe uh well with my crochet in Yes. <laughs> Do you know, since you said that, I've looked at other photos and I'm like, I think that's just how I sit. Because <laughs> that's every photo. There's a picture of the three of us sat in the dugout and it looks like Heskiff has just looked up from his knitting to have the picture taken and settled it in his lap. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how else to explain I'm just, it. I, listen, it's coming up to winter. I'm making a nice comfy <laughs> blanket for all of us. I'm the oldest one out of the three of us. So, you know, I've got to take on the mantle, haven't I? Those compression tights aren't just that warm enough, are they? They're not. You need a little blankie. Little blankie as well, yeah. Yeah. Red and blue one, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, lovely. So. France is not going to play, is he? France is not going to play. He's going to be on the bench. And then we've got. uh, Schlupp. Yeah. Where's that cut out? Well, I mean, the, the arguments, I guess, is did Riedeval do enough in his cameo? And, and these... yeah, I get, I'm forgetting Schlapp did go off injured, didn't he, as well? So, oh, oh he but... did, yeah. So he <coughs> might actually... might... Technically, so did Gyro, but I think that was more like we said because he's not used to playing more than 20 minutes yeah. a game. Yeah, he was he Gyro was more like us at the end of the marathon march. Yeah, just Gyro just needed a little go on that aspirin inhaler that you were carrying, Heskid. <laughs> He's he got my number. Out. He was just puffed out. Mm. Yeah, and then I just assume we'd stick with a two up top again. I don't know. It's really hard to yeah, say. It, yeah, I guess so because I, I use a shoe in on the on the wing. Mm. I guess. Yeah. If if Schlipp's injured, does he? I, I I'd be surprised if even if Schlipp's injured, if he starts with Jez away at Newcastle. Mm. But he did well when he come on, so he's probably more in his thinking than he would have been before. 
Yeah, he definitely Roy definitely spoke him up after the game as well, which you know, and talked about him taking it. He took his chance, so that's mm. um, obviously very positive for him. So he'd have to come in and replace Jeff in that sense, and then the core. Which I wouldn't mind because then then you'd have you'd have Mateta on the bench to come on as a sort of game changer if you want. Mm. You know, all that you know, him and Eddie are playing well together, but. Yeah, yeah, it's nice to have more options, even with the injuries, isn't it? Yeah, I like. I think we've talked about it before. We like the idea of Mateta off the bench more because it gives you a plan B. Um, yeah, but on the day of the marathon march, we were had some people saying they've sad that predictions has gone. I don't know why. It's just it's like what you just want to hear Heskiff yeah. predict that we'll lose every week. I mean, listen, I can do it for you. One 0 Newcastle. <laughs> Albert, what are you going for? Oh, I would have said I would I would have said one 0 Newcastle. Well, you can you can split the hairs by saying who has scored a goal. No, uh, one 0 Palace, Tenali <laughs> own goal. No, uh, <laughs> no. Let's go. Let's go for a really dull nil nil. Mm, I mean, I'll take it. I'm taking nil nil up there. Yeah, I'll take the point. God, was that a, a fourth nil nil in a row? They'll, yeah. be, they'll be queuing up at TNT Sports or next season to get that fixture on the on the pad. Half past ten, Sunday night. <laughs> yeah, one thirty a.m. <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah, any sort of point out there was obviously be amazing. Um, you know, bit of fighting spirit, you know. Against there was still good camaraderie across the squad against Forest, really putting a shift and so on. So maybe we can go and get there as get a result, but. You know, and prior to that PSG um, game, you know they, they they've had a fairly mixed bag of results. They've not been firing, so. Hmm. But then you go and dick PSG. It's probably quite a good morale boost, isn't it? Yeah, but it's just it's probably just a bit of a different story. They've got goals everywhere in that team now. They've got they've got Wilson, who's already I think it's like six off the bench in the last year, Wilson. Got Isak in there as well. So either of them starts, they've got goals there. Um, even Almiron scores some goals these days and he loves a goal against us as it is, which would be he, the Almiron 1 0 would probably be. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> what I was going to say. That's who I would say is going to score. Cause I can't it ain't going to be a Sheffield United. Let's, I think we can all safely say that. <laughs> Please hope we don't have to come back and clip that next week. But I'll say again, it ain't going to be a Sheffield United. Oh, when you said that, I thought you meant we're not going to win one nil, and then was I was like, "Why well, you predicted we'd win one nil?" But now I get what you're saying. <laughs> no, we're not going to get turned over eight nil. No. It's going to be nine. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was. I don't know we we were obviously very good at the back, and even with the injuries, that's continued to be the case anyway. So hopefully. That will continue. Um, I'll, I'd, I'd optimistically love to say nil nil, but I think I think it's going to be one or two nil to them. Yeah, and that's why we don't do the predictions anymore. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Was it? Was it? Was it? Oh God, I, I can't remember her name. Was it Kathleen? I'm sorry if that if that's not your name. Is the from the women from the women's walking? She won't know if it's not a name because if it's not a name, she won't know that you're talking about. Her. <laughs> No, but the, yeah, she's from the women's walking football team, which um, 
actually takes place at the Crystal Palace training ground in the in the dome, I assume. So look that up if you're interested in some walking football. I think that's about my standard these days. So might might give it a shot. <laughs> okay, thanks everyone for listening. Um we'll give one more round of links for the marathon march for donations for anyone who has not yet donated please share help us you know top up a little bit more get that last what is it five six hundred quid that's needed for the hundred thousand pound target to be met and hopefully go beyond that and yeah if you haven't done it before get involved it was a great day out really 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 lovely day meet loads of palace fans have lovely chats and it honestly flies by way quicker than you would would expect and yeah an all-round great day and obviously for a wonderful cause um thank you heskiff thank you albert pleasure as always thank you to samantha for producing thank you to breaking saints music as always for the theme tune which we'll be seeing you out of this pod and the song is called why until next time up the palace.